Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. Welcome to family, we chose this one. This is episode 204, The Fate of the Furious Lap 9. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And this episode is brought to you by Jacob and Jacob, the ice cream makers. In 2011, two uncompromising, passionate people with a passion for taste agreed to make ice cream from the best Michelin star restaurants in Europe available to everyone. Shout out to Jacob and Jacob. Jacob and Jacob ice cream. Looks pretty good. Shout out to them and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we'll be joined by Brian Slumber Party, Late Night Rodriguez to talk about Fate of the Furious. But Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to? Since we last recorded. Last weekend, I took Rachel to Legoland New York. I had planned to take her because she really likes Legos. I surprised her because um, her parents actually wanted to go with us. And I didn't tell her that they would show up. So we arrived in New Jersey on Friday. And they surprised her at a restaurant and just like joined us. And so Saturday, we went to Legoland. And it was a whole lot of fun. They had, like, a, obviously, like, a bunch of, like, big Lego buildings and stuff, and there's, like, rides. I mean, mainly it's an amusement park for kids, but I think it's a fun thing, so. Is it um, indoor or outdoor? It's outdoor. It's, okay. like, an actual amusement park. In the city or not or not in the city? It's in, it's, it's in Goshen, New York. It, we were staying near in New Jersey. Was it, like, Ramsey, Mawa? All right, my old stomping ground. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right under, I saw Ramapo under the thing, so very close to there. Yeah, so it's like a, on like a big kind of campus place. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. There's like a lot of like, I mean, obviously they have like every Lego thing in the store. And one of the cool things that they have is Lego Master Season 1, which we've talked about. Their like prize for winning Lego Master Season 1 was their like final project got put in the big Lego store in Legoland New York. Oh, cool. So you get to see the like the thing that they made like at the end that they won with. One of the cool things that they do, kind of like Disney, is like they do instead of like pin trading, they do miniature figure figurine trading. Sure. So like yep. all the mm-hmm. little Lego guys, you can like bring your Lego guys from home that you don't want, and you can trade with the people that work at the park and like all over the park, and um, get new ones. So like Rachel got like a little kid that played like had a baseball glove and like all kinds of like fun accessories and made some of her own because they have like a build your own Lego guy. Overall, just a great weekend. Also, then I went to this really weird place that I want to talk about because it was, like, very strange. It felt very, very weird to me. We were looking for a sushi place, and apparently no sushi places around there serve alcohol. Big no from us. Um, so we found this place that um, Rachel stepped at has apparently been to before called Mount Fuji. Okay, that's kind I've of I've been around. there. You've been there? Like, up the hill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Larson had a birthday party there when we were uh, in college. That's wild. This place felt like Hotel California to me. I had to ask the bartender, like, how and why this exists. Like, it's it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's that crazy, but it's a hibachi restaurant that's like way up this hill. Like, you have yeah. to be going here. It's like, yeah, there's nothing else there. There's nothing else around it, and like, it's huge. And you could have like a wedding there if you wanted to. You, like, obviously birthday parties and stuff, but that's pretty, you know, on par for it. But it's like this huge place. Like, I asked the bartender like what this was, and he said like in the 80s it was like a motel, and then this guy bought it. And, like, because he had a hibachi restaurant, and you're no longer allowed to, like, build anything on this mountain. So it's, like, the only thing on this mountain. And it has, like, all these panoramic windows. And it's just, like, it was awesome. But it also feels very weird. Like, I felt like it was being run by ghosts, and I also don't know if it's real or not. You confirming that you've been there as well <laughs> is helpful. 
But if you told me, like, no, I've never heard of this place ever, like, what are you talking about? I wouldn't not believe you. That was pretty much it. That was my weekend watching sports and stuff. How about you? I put this on Twitter. So you might have seen this and uh, some listeners might have seen this, but I went to the movies last Thursday night and had quite an ordeal. So no, I, I didn't go see and this. I see, Tell me. I see. Um, oh, yes. I Venom 2, Let There yeah. Be Carnage, which is really fun. Yes. And it's in the Dolby Theater, so it's great sound and everything, whatever. Yep. After that movie is over, I have tickets to go see, T- or a ticket to see Titan. Um, which you've new, been waiting for. Which I've been waiting for. And yep. so I go into the theater, and the sound sounds like it's in stereo rather than all around. It just sounds like kind of like it's through a tin cup. Like, imagine, the, the best way I can describe it is like you have a surround sound setup, and all of a sudden the TV, the TV is playing sound. Just like, like, I can hear it, but like, this is not what it should be. Yep. So I got to the lobby, and there's there's no employees around because it's AMC, and they don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I go up to the girl checking tickets at the front gate, and I'm just like, hey, uh, I think there's a problem with the sound in Theater 9 or whatever it was. And she's like, oh, I think I think we know about that, but I'll let somebody know. I'm like, okay, cool. And so it's already like in the trailers when I get there, because I'm like, maybe the commercials sort of suck, like the Maria Menounos thing or whatever, but these are the trailers. I'm just like, this yeah. it seems weird. Yep. So I wait for another two trailers, three trailers or whatever, because before Carnage, there were 28 minutes or something between the time that like Showtime and the movie actually started. So like, you know, yeah, I, I know nothing but time, but like it's AMC is taking advantage. So yeah, 28 minutes is come on, man. Like it was terrible. 15 is like you're pushing it, but I get it. Whatever. You have to do your job. But because now they have a thing where like they paid Nicole Kidman like 50 or they have like this 15 or 25 million. I don't think they paid her all that money, but they have like this ad campaign where it's like we're returning to the movies and the movies are great. And it's like she goes into this empty theater and she's like watching these movies. And so after all the trailers, <laughs> after all the like go buy your Coca-Cola or whatever, you also now have to watch Nicole Kidman be like, hey, the movies are great. It's like, yeah, motherfucker. I know I'm, I'm here. here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's so infuriating. So <laughs> okay. I watch the trailer. I go back out. I, I'm like, hey, it still isn't fixed. And she's like, yeah, I, I don't know. There's nothing. Like, you can go talk to customer, like guest services. And, like, I had gotten, you know, with the rewards, the AMC rewards that I have, uh, yeah. I had got a, a soda and a popcorn. I'm like, I don't want – like, I'm just ca- – I'm lugging this around. And I'm just like, I don't – all right. So I go to the customer service. And there's this other guy who like, gets there at the same time. He's just like, are you in Teton? I'm like, yeah. And we're both like, yeah, the sound sucks. Like, you can hear it, but, like, it's not what it should be. Yeah, and this is going to be a shitty experience. Yeah. She's like, okay, hold on. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to exaggerate this, but, like, I've been looking forward to this movie for, like, a year. And I think it's weird that you guys know that there's, like, a sound issue in this theater, and you're still showing movies in there. Like, I get you have to do what you have to do, but, like, what's going on? So she's like, okay, hold on. So she goes to the back, and she comes out with, like – uh, comped tickets, like a, uh, an extra movie ticket, which means nothing to me because you have AMC guest list anyways or whatever. Yep, so so yeah. I, gave, I gave it to a friend and then I, she also gave me a uh, drink and a popcorn. So like that's all sorted out. So I'm like, that's fine. But I'm like, okay, I need to go. I, I, there's a movie theater that's very nice, like very nice. That's near my house, like five minutes away. I suppose this one that's like 20 minutes away, but it's, you have to you know, pay for tickets. I have to pay for tickets. Yeah. And I go there and the ticket is 1550 Fifteen dollars and fifty cents, which is for a standard, you know, regular ticket, which is 
absurd. That's the most I've ever paid. Yeah. Uh, the good news is that a couple of years ago, I had gotten my parents a gift card to this place. Cause I'm like, I don't have to get them for Christmas. Oh, I'll get them a movie theater gift card. They never used it and gave it to you. <laughs> they used it once and they're like, hey, we're moving. Here's the gift card. I'm like, cool. So I used it for one other thing. So this is the second one. I think it's like basically empty now or whatever. But okay. anyway, I didn't really, pay, I mean, I paid for it, but I paid for it like two years ago, but still 1550 is insane. Yeah. But anyway, I go to this movie, uh, love the movie. It's, insane i don't know if you would like it or not i don't know if we should do it for the show or not it's my favorite movie of the year oh god it's so violent and so weird and it's already like largely out of theaters like there's like one showtime now in like a big thing but like i i am so blown away that this will be in mainstream movie theaters because like it is so intense and so aggressively french that, like, people are going to go in there and, like, not know what this is, and they're going to get, like, very confused. And it's very funny to me. Okay. But I loved it. I think it's cool. amazing. And I think – so I, I said to you at one point that there's no dialogue. There is dialogue, but the main character does not speak for most of the movie. But there is dialogue in the movie, so, like, that at least won't scare you off in that way. But, man, Titan fucking rules. So uh, loved it. So I'm glad I, I'm, I was worth me like trekking to, you know, basically driving home, but going to a different movie theater because like I I had to see this movie not in like, because especially with like the way that my brain works, I'd be like, I would just be sitting there angry in the seat the entire time. Like, oh, I yeah. don't want to see it like this. Like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so that was that. Then on Friday, we did our uh, bonus episode of Redline 2009. Then on Saturday, we had a very uh, momentous occasion, because as I've been saying on here that I've been watching with Bob and my friend Real, uh, we've been rewatching the X-Files. And so we finally got to, between seasons five and six, they had the movie, the first movie. And so we finally got there. So we got together in person for the first time. Like, all these have been watching remote. And we got together in person, and we watched the movie on my friend Reels TV, and also the first episode of season six is kind of like a continuation, and that was fun. So we went to like a brewery, and we went, and we got dinner, and then we did this thing, and so that was a lot of fun. That was on Saturday, and then on Sunday, Bob came over because we had another lottery pod to do, and that was that. We watched uh, sports because it was the last day of the baseball season, so uh, we were watching for fantasy purposes, and we were also watching football, and so I saw saw the Vikings lose again, and then we saw the Rams lose. (laughs) You're so cursed, brother. I'm sorry. And then last night I saw the Yankees lose. I mean, it's terrible, but it is what it is, but... uh, Yeah, you know, Titan was good, and Venom was fun, and I think People said everything. Venom was a lot of fun. I saw one review that was like, it's much better than the first, and I think it probably, like, the first one I like a lot, but the second one just seems like, like, what's nice about this is it's like a little over 90 minutes, was so short, uh, it's very simple, like, it almost feels like a, a, a comic book movie from, like, the 90s, or just like, oh, this one thing happens, like, there's kind of one big action scene, and it's like, okay. okay. And that's cool. But, like, it's nice because it's not, like, you know, what the Fast and Furious is now or, like, all these Marvel movies. It's like, okay, we got to do this and we got to remember the last one. We got to set up the next one or whatever. Just, like, no, man, like, there's Carnage and, like, Venom has to fight Carnage. And, like, it's kind of, like, exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, it, it is, there's a little bit of flashback or whatever, but, you know, it's cool. So I would definitely recommend watching that. I mean, don't watch the trailer for Teton, but I don't know. I won't uh, watch the trailer, but, I mean, when it comes out, I'll, I'll give it a shot. We could definitely do it for an episode. I want to uh, watch it, but like I don't know how I feel about it. So it, uh, boy, I don't know how you're gonna feel about it either. I think you'll appreciate watching it. I don't know that you're gonna like it. I think that Rachel really won't like it, but I don't know. We'll see. Cool. I don't yeah. know. That's all I've got. We have a Patreon page, Too Fast, Too Forever Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of. Ooh. 
High School Summer Party. Joining us tonight, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Ronaldo Donato, Michael McGann, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting at the $5 a month level or above. Uh, on the last bonus episode, which will only be on the Patreon, so just go do those things, uh, we announced the themes for mm. 11 and 12, laps 11 and 12. So 10, we haven't even started yet, 10. But they've known these, our patrons have known these for months now, if not a year. Yeah. And now they know themes 11 and 12. And Wes is already sending us notes about uh, things. I mean, he's. I don't think Wes is in a $10, but he's like, he knows things that we could be picking so you know the the takes guesses and stuff yeah. yeah so you know it's all it's all coming together but yeah too fast too forever.com if you want access to that and just be in the know be one of the cool kids too fast to forever.com we also have an email address family at cageclub.me and joe i i sort of buried the lead new five dollar patron meet lane middleton so lane has emailed in before lane oh, tweeted at us a couple times this week lane. on twitter but lane yes. joined the five dollar a month lane you're not going to hear this for months, if not years, but uh, your stickers are in the mail. That's awesome. Welcome, Lane. Glad to have you aboard. And um, that's really cool. Lane also sent in a car picture that he says, I'm new and still on lap three, so I'm not sure if you're doing car picks. And then he has a car pick. So we'll get to this eventually. And he, I yeah. will say, because you're not going to remember, it's also not going to help you. P.S. There's exactly a 0.1% chance he gets this. So okay. good <laughs> luck. Thank you, sir. Next email from Alex Ellen in subject line, red line, the follow-up. So he picked our yes. bad red line, 2007 red line, for us to do last week. The wacky red line. Well, they're both wacky. But they're that's, both wacky, that's not, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that's right. not exactly a great description. But yes, the uh, the live-action red line, we'll say Bl- that. Yes, yes. When I originally picked this for the lap a year ago, which again, reminder, that's how long people have known about laps seven, eight, or eight nine, and 10, if you want to be one of the cool kids. Yeah. I told you it was the bad one, and I knew absolutely zero info about the other one. So, you know, now you know a little bit more, because I'm assuming he listened to yeah, the, the real patron one. one. Yeah. Not the real one, the, the patron, yeah. says, I couldn't wait. So, okay, so this is a two-part thing. I couldn't wait to the plane ride. Special shout-out to Joey for busting his hump, so this one got posted a day early on the Patreon feed. Because Alex was like, hey, I have to take a, a plane ride on Friday morning early. If there's any way you can edit this for Thursday, that would be great. And I'm like, all right. And so I did it. And so then he just listened to it on Thursday night. So like, you know, he couldn't even wait, but I mean, I appreciate that. That's you know, cool. Supporting him. So yeah. yeah, supporting him, supporting us, so on and so forth. But he doesn't talk about our, our uh, reactions or if we did it justice or not, but uh, <laughs> you know, I guess that's, that's fine. So you're welcome, I guess. Or the, the wacky, fu- I want to know if he knew the fu- fucking backstory to this wild shit show that happened, but all right, and then our last email is from Wes. No subject line. What up, fam? What up, Wes? How are you doing, buddy? It says, nothing important to share today. Cool. Off to a good start. <laughs> I just haven't written it in a while and figured I'd send in something. Thank you. Dre was an excellent guest, and when I went to look for her podcast episodes about Fast and Furious, I realized I'd already listened to them. Her show, Maximum Film, used to be called Who Shot Ya, and I listened to their episodes sometime last year. That's cool. She said, he says, I just read that they changed their name to distance themselves from any misconceptions about making light of gun violence. That's mm. tough to do almost 200 episodes in, so I salute them for that. I always tell people, if they want to listen to a good Fast and Furious podcast, listen to Too Fast. But if you already hear and want a little taste of another show's perspective, theirs is a good one to check out. I'll also recommend Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I'd not heard of them before you guys did your cross-promotion, but I liked their episodes as well. And I'm not just saying this because you had these people on your show. There are a lot of bad podcasts and podcast episodes about Fast and Furious out there that I will never recommend. Just trust me on that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wes tells us about all the stuff that mm-hmm. he listens to, and it's many, many, many things. So those yeah. are glowing recommendations. Thank you, Wes. Since I do have one gripe, though, I don't think it's that weird to name a kid after a living person, even if they're not family. It's certainly not common, but not crazy. My brother is named after my dad's best friend, who's still very much alive, and I have a friend in Arizona named after a friend of her mom's. I think the bigger issue is they kind of painted themselves into a corner with that whole tribute. Most of us know it was meant to honor Paul, but calling the baby Paul doesn't make sense in-universe. And if you're watching these without knowing the Paul Walker story, calling the baby Brian as a dramatic reveal is kind of weird. Overall, just kind of falls flat. And let's be honest, the baby should have already had a first name anyway. I agree. And I yeah, I think that's kind of my, like, that's ultimately the gripe, right? That, like, why didn't you call it Paul, but you can't call Paul because Paul doesn't exist in Fast yeah, and Furious. Yeah, right. We've talked about that. Like, yeah. I get that, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. Still, it's still goofy. Still goofy. Yep. Also, uh, I want to shout out, Lane was just like, hey, I, I'm six laps behind, but I, uh, yes. you know, I had this idea about the thing. You're like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. I'm like, we talked about it. Like, we. I'm sure I was waiting. Like, as I replied that, I was like, I don't remember talking about this. And then I was like, I'm sure that Joey's going to come in here very, very soon and tell us, of course, we've talked about this. Pretty sure we talked about it more than once. Probably talk, we probably positive. talked about it on here and also on Nate's podcast. And yeah, but yeah. I'm also. Sure. Shout out to Ben Milliman, who resurfaced from the dead. He's been busy, but he tweeted at us. He did the Lego charger oh. and like added actual lights, which looks amazing. So they sell amazing. these on Amazon, and I've seen them for like other things. But yeah, you can. Well, I mean, maybe he made his own. I, I'm not sure how he did it. But they Isn't sell- he an electrician? Ah, yeah, that sounds about right. I think. Like I know that Justin does HVAC, but I think yes. Ben's an electrician. That so would I make think this, sense. I, I thought this was just kind of a custom rig, but maybe it's not. I don't know. But either way, it looks amazing. It's fucking awesome. And and also, like, for these uh, Lego sets, if you're not as inclined as Ben might be, they do sell kits that you can buy on Amazon to, like, light your Legos. But his his was fucking awesome, and it had, like, all kinds of, like, different, like, like the tail lights would, like, turn and stuff. You know, like, they blink and flash. It was really, really cool. So, yeah, excellent. I really like that. He tweeted at us, and we put it on. I retweeted, I quote tweeted it or whatever. So if you're looking for it, just go to Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter, and you can find it there. But it's very, very cool, worth checking out. Definitely. Weston sends in a paragraph about he's been playing GTA Online Los Santos Tuners DLC, which he's been talking to us a little bit about on yes. Facebook. I'm going to skip a part of it. But he says, I've always thought if anyone was going to go do a good Fast and Furious video game, it would be in the style of GTA. Yep. Because FNF can't be just about racing. But so far, this isn't quite it. Says I tried one street race the other night and it did not go well. I was interested in the finish line when I guess it ended because I got a DNF. Do not finish. It wasn't a drift race, but I was looking a lot like Sean on his first night in Tokyo. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun just flying through the streets in my car, but I guess so. I guess it was worth the ten dollars I paid for it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like we played Crossroads, and Crossroads seemed to be like a different demographic and type of game. But if you wanted a Fast and the Furious game, I I too also imagined it as essentially like a Grand Theft Auto skin, right? Yeah. Talking about Rock Band reminded, we saw Kiss last week, and it was incredible. Oh, I'm jealous. I like them fine. I know a lot of their songs, but I'd never consider myself a fan. That being said, it's one of the best shows I've ever been to just due to sheer spectacle. So he sends a picture. Oh, let me see. Because they did some face painting. I've heard, so I'm send I've this heard to you. Kiss is fucking awesome live. And they're old now, too, dude. Like, they're like really, really old. But, I yeah. mean, hey, Gene Simmons... My friend saw them. It was for his, one of his friends had a birthday last week. He's a huge Kiss fan. He saw them in the eight in the eighties without <laughs> makeup, which I think is their unmasked tour. Maybe oh. so this is the first time seeing them in the face paint, and he's all it's all he's talked about for months. 
We watched Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park in preparation, which is a very bad movie, but fun to watch. Then a Kiss doc, and then Detroit Rock City, and then played some rock band. This picture is great. This other email, he says, I meant to include a picture of us getting ready. They all wanted to paint their faces, which I have a long history of doing as a juggalo in my younger days, so I was all in. (laughs) But no one else wanted to do the white paint, so this was us. Actually, we didn't see a ton of other people with face paint, and a lot of other people who painted their faces did the same thing we did. It's still fucking awesome. Yours looks great. Like, they did a really, really good job. I can recognize who everybody is, so it's Yeah, Mrs. West is the star child. Ace Freely is, I think, the cat, right? And then Gene Simmons... And I forget who the last guy is. Thank you, Wes, for emailing in. Yeah. If you want to email in, family at Cage Club. Of course, he ends it with, that's all, stay furious, Wes. So. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to email in family at Cage Club, we love hearing from everybody, or just tweet at us or whatever. Yeah, we'll find it. Family at Cage Club. Me. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious, anything you have seen in the last week? I feel like there's something I didn't write it down. I'm trying to remember what it is, but anything you have seen in the last week. I have something to tell you during the minute that is kind of like this, but I don't want to spoil it. Well, then without further ado, let's get to the minutes. Okay. The Too Fast, Too Furious minute, minute 30, a minute I called, let's see what this thing can do. The car isn't important. What is important is the package I left in the glove box. The first team back here with the package will have an opportunity to work for me. What do you say, we got audition? Nobody's got a gun to your head. That's it. Driver's licenses. Pass them up. Before Christmas, guys. Moi, everyone said go! Come on! Go! Go, 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 go. go. Oh, Come on! Let's see what this thing can do. So in this minute, Carter Verone finishes his pitch. Go to Little Haiti and get what's in this car's glove box. As Carter walks away, Monica collects the driver's licenses and the race begins. Brian and Roman lead the pack back to their cars as they leave and begin the race. So actually, as I'm reading that plot and overview, I have a couple other trivia questions I think might be more difficult than the one I have. But we'll get to that okay. at the end. I had, I had the same thought. Okay, do you want to hit me with the uh, whatever you're just saving for me, or do you want to save that for later? I was just on John Brooks's Hard to Believe podcast with Brian Part two. Yep. Mm-hmm. as well, and I was talking about it before. And um, we were doing the second part of this movie quest that he's on right now. We were watching End of Days uh-huh. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you ever seen this movie? Uh-huh. So I'm watching it, and it's about like the devil actually, you know, comes down to New York and blah, 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 blah. It's the... Well, actually, I haven't seen this, but I know about it. But yes. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. It's, you know, 1999 becoming 2000. It's yep. like a, a weird, goofy action movie. It's actually pretty fun. Um, Brian and I really enjoyed it. And it w- really nailed the feelings of, like, 1999 going into the millennium. And it was funny to watch sure. not thinking about that for a very long time. There's, like, a guy that's, like, part of, like, the Knights Templar, kind of, that, like, is trying to, like, kill this woman that the devil's trying to impregnate, and, like, the head guy that's trying to stab her is Mogolini, and I'm, like, looking, and I'm, like, I recognize this guy, and you know who he is? 
Uh, he's from Too Fast. Yeah, he's the henchman Ejecto Cito, cuz, like Enrique. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, that was my fun, like, Fast and the Furious crossover that I saw in the past week. Because I was, I, I mean, I know John was, we, we were not, he did not ask me to join him for this movie because Mogolini was a, a background character in this movie as well. But when I watched it, I was like, oh my god, it's the henchman from Too Fast. So I was very, very, very excited about that. Cool. You can hear me get really stoked on it at the end of the episode that we recorded with John, if you want yeah, to. That'll probably that. be out tomorrow as this comes out in the main feed. I'm guessing that's out next week. So Yeah, if I not, think so too. Then soon. But so a couple notes in this minute. I was honestly stunned how quickly action happens. Yeah. Were you surprised or were you not surprised? Jarring more so than how fast it happens. It like the cut between like, okay, go get the cigar cutter and like her collecting the licenses and then like in like run in car speed. Yes, because I think I think you know, not that there is not that these movies are lacking in action, but when we break these down by minute, it's like, oh, there's actually a lot of not filler, but like connective tissue, right? Yes. Or just like yeah. here's what's going on or whatever. And here Carter stops talking. Yep. And Monica's like, okay, give me your licenses. And they're like all of them. Go. Yeah. And, and then like <laughs> they three say seconds go. Th- three <laughs> seconds later they're doing ninety down the freeway. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's not good or bad. Like I think it's I think it's actually kind of fun, you know, because it's there's no there's less downtime. Yeah. But in terms of like doing the minutes, I'm just like, okay, so <laughs> I'm expecting there to be like a little bit of like a build up or whatever, and like next minute it's gonna be the race. And like not only is yeah, next minute not the race, but like we're like twenty seconds into that. <laughs> Yeah, because we always, like, we're always like, oh, we're, like, right close to this set piece that's coming, right close to this set piece that's coming. I agree. I thought that there was definitely going to be more conversation before we were just in the cars flying down the freeway in this one. But, yeah, we're already 20 seconds into the the driving down the freeway. It's not, like, wildly far off. Like, I thought there would have been, like, an extra, like, 30 or 40 seconds. So, like, in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. But... When you're going minute by minute, that's a lot. Like it's we're, we're, we're way faster, we're way closer here than I thought we were going to be. So that was surprising in a cool way. Did you notice that Monica looks nervous? So Carter does his thing, and then Roman kind of grumbles, and I can't hear what he says. But he's just like clearly Roman's not happy, right? Yeah, because they're mad that they have to like audition, kind of. Yes, because even Fon uh, Fabio is like, "What? We got to audition?" And Carter's like, "Nobody's got a gun in your head." Yeah. And so Roman says something, and I wonder if it's her just, like, nervous that Carter's going to go off or that, like, Roman's going to get her found out. Like, there's a lot of reasons, but I like I don't know if I ever noticed the, like, nervousness that she has in this minute. I don't think that I've ever noticed the nervousness either. Did you see it this time, or is that not something you were paying attention to? No, I didn't pick up on, like, her nervousness. I don't know if it's, like, she's trying to actually in acting like collect the licenses but the nerves would make sense for many reasons you're right and um i think mostly it gotta be that like she gotta keep roman gotta keep his mouth shut right yeah you're right like you're dead on so if she is nervous like brian's gonna be fine the other guys aren't in on it the only person that could really like blow her cover is roman so she's yeah she must be grumbling or anxious that roman might like say something fucking stupid and she needs like get them out of there as quick as possible right i've seen her be nervous in other parts of the movie and it's it's usually around the same thing like roman stealing the cigar cutter at the end 
her being like where you know where were you this morning i was with my friends this these all these kind of things so because it feels like you know she has been so careful in cultivating this whole thing right and it's just like i can't believe that this idiot is gonna blow my cover because he doesn't want to be like he doesn't want to go do an errand even though like he was brought in like hey do whatever needs to do you know it's just like you're getting your record cleared just like don't screw around right and but he's a criminal right like she knows that brian like brought him in and he was a criminal and he's not like trained he's not everything so it makes sense but technically also brian's a criminal too right like there's all kinds of criminals (laughs) there is but brian was was at least like trained and also undercover at one point so like he knows the complexities of that i also like how impatient she is in collecting the licenses like she's like all right pass them up and then like they're, like, reaching for their wallets. Like, we don't have all day, boys, or whatever. Just, like, yeah. give them a second. Like, I, I know that, like, the race is literally about to begin, but, like, it's so fast. Again, another thing that, like, implying speed. And then I never realized that, like, they're driving without the license. Like, not that they're going to get pulled over because, like, they're going to outrun the cops probably anyway, but, like, it's just another added level of danger that they're driving without a license. I was thinking, like, how, realistically, how many of these guys have their licenses? Like, why don't we get the Dom answer of, like, you know, can I have your license? He's like, who, who got one? You know, like, like that shit's been long gone. Like, I just run from the cops always. Or, and, like, maybe I got caught once, but, like, right? Because doesn't, like, yeah, Gal asked for it in four, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I don't got a license. She's like, like the license is for him, the phone number is for me. The fingerprint, fingerprint. What, uh, car-wise, detail-wise, what did you notice in this minute? I saw something that you also noticed, so I'm going to get that one off the bat first, is that Roman somehow has this, like, blue rectangle keychain, like, he just, like, rented this car, like, while he's driving. I thought that was very strange, but I'm glad that you noticed it as well. I got the license plate of the Yanko Camaro, because that pulls in front. Every single car that they pass seems to be silver for some reason. Okay. I don't know. Like, Maybe it's to make. Well, you know, we 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 found out. We remember that like they they painted car uh, houses in the first movie yeah, muted colors. Dollar. Yeah. To make them pop, make the cars pop, right? So maybe that they did the same thing here. I don't know. It's kind of the same things. Yeah. So there's like a Chrysler Town and Country and like a PT Cruiser and stuff. But like every car they like, I kept like writing down like the car and the color because like they're not on car movie database. I'm just going based off what I see. And I kept writing like silver, silver, silver. And I was like, oh, every single car is either like a white. Sure. Like tractor trailer or a silver vehicle of some kind. Well, so I, I think what, what I'm guessing is it's that kind of thing. Cause like to show that there are other cars on the road, you need they to have cars speed. there, but they, they yeah. don't want you to look at them. Like, you know, in Faith of Furious, as I'm watching this today for, to talk about it with Brian tonight, when they're in New York and like they corral Dom and there's like the yes. six cars blocking the intersection, there's just Dom and like, no one's around them and no one's angry. I'm like, if you block <laughs> honking, off the street in New York, honking. like even for like a couple, like a second or two, like, Mother, what are you doing? You would just get like, burr, 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 like yeah. so many horns. So I think it's that. I think it's like to show that. Like, I agree. Yeah. We're aware that it's a world, whatever, but yes. Um, But the cooler thing to me was that they are driving down what is known as alligator alley. And that is an East and West parkway through the Everglades between I-70, or of, it's, it is I-75, and it's between 27 and 869, so it just drives straight from, like, you know, the west coast of Florida, pretty much straight to Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. This is, like, a really weird road, because they built it in, like, the 60s, it took forever to build, because it goes right across the, like, the Evergrades, that's why they call it Alligator Alley, it's, like, fenced off, and there's, like, all of these guides online, like, how to drive this, 
Okay. You know, like, I was, like, looking for, like, info and facts and stuff like that. Oh, also, it's, like, used, like, as a place where Dexter hides bodies in Dexter and stuff like that, okay. right? Mm-hmm. There's all these guides to drive it because because it goes straight through the Everglades and, like, when it was built and stuff like that, there's not many, like, gas stations or rest stops, so everybody's like, you should pack a cooler to drive this place and, like, make sure you pee before you go. And there's always cars broken down because they ran out of gas and there's not many gas stations. And I was like... Okay, <laughs> like, that's really weird, but it kind of makes sense, right? Like, if you were just driving and you didn't know, and all of a sudden you're, like, on this road, but there's, like, no gas stations for, like, 30, 40 minutes in between, like, that'd be pretty weird, right? Well, so actually, this kind of combines two different things. So when you were talking about Mount Fuji before, yes, I was thinking about, I had this, like, PTSD flashback when I was driving cross-country, like, a decade ago, and I was in Oregon, and I was there before it was season. Like, like things were still shut down because it was still, like, snowy, right? Okay, okay. I was like, I'm going to stay at this, like, sort of nice hotel that is, like, I had sort of, like, allowed myself, like, a handful of, like, nicer hotels on this trip. And I'm like, this one's sort of attached to or near no national park. I'm like, this is, like, a cool place. Whatever, I'm going to go there. Yeah. And I get there, and there's, like, no lights on. And I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, I, like, drive up this, like, mountain or whatever. It's steam sort of thing. And there's, like, no one there, no one home. It's not open for business. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, I don't don't have a backup plan. No, I didn't have a reservation, but oh, I'm just like, I didn't, okay. but yeah, I just figured like, I didn't have a reservation for anywhere. It's just like, I'm, I'll figure things out when I get there. And I'm like, oh, there's no one here. And I'm like, oh, I have like an eighth of a tank of gas. My gas light is on and I don't know where any gas stations are. And like, I'm in this the, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right? No, GPS is there, but it's like but middle of nowhere. And like things are like cell signals, not great out here. Okay. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. And so I was just like, I, I got down and I'm like, okay, I can go right or I can go left. And I went left, and, like, thankfully, like, left became, like, sort of, like, a main thoroughfare, and there was, like, motels and, like, gas stations and stuff. I'm okay. like, if I went right, I don't know what would have happened. Like, I would have, like, <laughs> stayed in my car, like, right, you know, I don't, who knows, right? But, like... Broke down, like, you could have ran yeah. out of gas, anything, and then you're outside, you said it's cold and kind of snowy, like... So, anyway, yes, sorry, sorry to detour, but yes. No, you're good, that was it. So, like, I'm more con- I'm more concerned about Alligator Alley and what the fuck this weird place is. It's cool. It's like a very straight fucking shot. There's again, there's like warnings like make sure you don't drive it when you're tired and like curate your own playlist to keep you awake while driving because it's very straight and like very long. Uh, so, yeah, that's where they're driving. Why they're on that, I don't know because they're going from downtown Miami to downtown Miami and that goes to the west like to the other side of Florida geographically it doesn't make much sense because like we know where the house is in the I'm marina just, i'm guessing it's the thing that like brian complains about with new york we're just like yes hey, yeah you can't get from like harlem to times square in like four minutes but like just yep. cinematically yeah. it's like yeah look they're driving an alligator alley or whatever like sure cool yes. whatever it's a very straight road i'm sure that they could like kind of block off like parts of it you know what i mean like kind of like run uh, like you just stop everyone for a minute and then like stop everyone for a minute on the other end and you could just like a straight shot. So it yeah. makes sense. Do you know, so when when they are running to the cars yes. after Monica's like go or Enrique is like go, Yes. someone's yelling go, go man, come on, go. And it sounds like Brian. Is it Brian? Or do you not know? I, I have no so idea. There's eight dudes here and it's not Roman. And I don't think it's Fonzie or Fabio, but like it could be anybody. It feels like it's Brian, but I don't know. I would guess it was Brian now that you say it. And I'm like thinking, but I'm like, I was looking around. I wasn't like super zoned in on the the dialogue because I was like, okay, I'm paying attention to the cars and stuff. But sure. I think it is Brian 
uh, telling Roman to get along from what I remember. Okay, because it's like... It, it, yes. It's 80 artists after the fact. They're all just running away, so it could be anybody. It kind of sounds like Brian, but who knows. Okay. I wrote down clothing for the five, the four of the drivers, so I just called drivers five through eight because I don't know. We don't really care about them because they're going to go away soon, so that's yes. fine. Well, there some of them are going to die very, very soon. Yes, get run over, etc. Yeah. We have the music, which I did not mention last time. The song from the score by David Arnold, Meet Carter Verone, I think is the song that continues and then ends. <laughs> it makes sense. And then the song Ride by Maurice Sinclair begins. But the weird thing is that this is not on the soundtrack, which feels like this is a pretty iconic movie or song for the movie so maybe they just couldn't get the rights or whatever to have this on the soundtrack i don't know yeah we you know we've run into weird soundtrack things before that there's like some movies that the soundtrack doesn't have any of the songs you'd imagine were on the soundtrack and stuff right so. but like i think well maybe not yeah i don't know it's sometimes that these are weird yes yeah. but i was just like because i was looking at the soundtrack listing because siri could not recognize the song and then i was looking at the soundtrack and i was like none of these songs look like what it is so like, i had to go to like there's some like song info.com or whatever it's like what's the song it's like oh it's this song so i'm like okay cool so i found it but i'm just like it's it, just, it was strange but anyway you can find it whatever ride yeah. maurice sinclair so the trivia question that i have which i i think is easy for a couple different reasons but where in carter verone's car is the hidden item the drivers are aiming to retrieve which is in the glove box but i'm thinking now but remember it's not it's not actually in the glove box when we get there so we could say, where does Carter say it is? Which maybe is a trick question. Yeah, because remember, it's actually in the center console. Remember? Because right. doesn't he yeah. like check the glove box? He's like, oh, check the console, check the console. Yeah. So, okay. So that, that, that makes the question, question way more difficult. Because I was also thinking, like, how many drivers participate in the race, which would be eight. That's a good question. Or, and this is something like we had in the first minute, first movies quiz where, like, Mia counts the money, right? Like, either what does Monica collect or who collects the licenses? That's what I was leaning towards, but now that we've established that the glove box versus center console thing exists, I think that this would be fun to be like, where does Carter Verone say the thing you're looking for is, like, the package that he's missing in Little Haiti is, and when the minute that he breaks the window and goes in, we can be like, where is the package actually at? And yeah. do the reverse question. And then it gets very confusing. And you scroll back up to make sure that you switch them and have them the right way. And that's what I'm thinking in my head. So then where does Carter Verone say the hidden item in his impounded car is located? And so I changed the first answer now to be in the center console, in the glove box, in the trunk, or under the driver's seat. The but all of those are great answers, too. Like What that's he says really... in the glove box, yeah. He says it's in the glove box, yeah. So yeah, so we're, and we we have to remember in six weeks or whatever, or maybe not that far. But we whenever we get to this next thing, use these same answers for basically the <laughs> same question, but reworded differently, right? With a different actual answer. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Same answer, same layout, everything. He says it's in the glove box. It was actually in the center console. Check the center console. Minute thirty. Let's see what this thing can do. Which, as you heard in the in the audio, is a line that. Brian says about like testing out his car on yeah. the open road. Any other notes about the minute? No, I like like I said before, but like it's so weird that Tyrese didn't take this keychain off or put a real keychain on this thing. It looks like such a fucking narc car. Well, if it you looks have like just it, yeah. one blue keychain that's like yeah. the, like Mitsubishi Eclipse Spider, you know, like written on it. You're like that's clearly not your keys, right? Like. It does look like just like uh, this is the Avis company car. Or whatever, That's what I'm right? saying. Yeah. Or like, you know, you had all the keys hanging in a key box 
and you were like, okay, which one is this? And you label the key as opposed to having like, you know, like barst like barstow like on a keychain, right? Like wouldn't that be like much cooler? Yeah. Barstow ghetto. <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying like, you know, you would have a keychain that would be like something like your keychain doesn't have just like labels on it. You're not a fucking janitor. So like True. I don't know. Yeah. Monica's like, all right, pass your driver's licenses up. And also let me see your keychains. Make sure you're not a narc. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like, ooh, I, I know that you're a narc. Why am I doing this? Oh, no, I foiled myself. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Bring in Brian talk about the fate of the furious. episode number 204 fate of the furious this episode is brought to you by jacob at jacob organic ice cream jacob marcing rossini has been importing caviar for decades and michelin chef jacob d nigard have come together it's all about the taste shout out to jacob and jacob ice cream well shout out to jacob and jacob and welcome back to too fast as teased before the break we have with us mr slumber party mr late night brian rodriguez hello brian It's very late night when we're recording, so thank you for having me. <laughs> it is. Now, I have, I, I just found this out uh, 10 minutes ago. My sister just sent this to me on Instagram. I just sent it to you guys on Facebook. Uh, okay. Casey Musgraves was on SNL this past weekend and apparently wore the exact chaps <gasps> that Suki wore in Too Fast. Oh, my God. That's insane. Not the same style, not the same company, the chaps. Like, literally what? hers. So how did yes. this happen? How did this happen? I do not know. I got nothing. I have no answers. But time. You got nothing but time. Yeah, she just reposted it. Casey's a little bit a little bit more curvy than Suki is. I think that it's just like an interesting like it's amazing that she fits in this exact same chaps because Suki just looks very, very tiny. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how chaps work. I feel like they're probably loose. <laughs> yeah, Who knows? also true. Oh, for sure. Chaps, adjustable. You could see she's wearing the belt at a different area. Like, Suki yes. has the belt hanging down a little bit. Casey has the belt a little up. They're wearing also different things under the chaps. So maybe that changes things. I don't know. Regardless, amazing. She amazing. bought the actual movie prop. I mean, she did the one song, uh, Naked. She did the song in Chaps. I mean, who knew that you she was going to out, outdo herself with the clothed performance? But, you know, <laughs> maybe not for everybody, but for here, us on Too Fast, uh, you it know. It's a lot, yeah. I, I just imagine that, obviously, NBC, Universal Property, uh, Fast and Furious, Universal Property, Ooh. that this was lying somewhere, somewhere in a lot or somewhere. There must be a database now where you could search, like, things that... I don't know, you can wear. She's like, holy shit. Suki's chaps, I'm in. That's what I like to think. <laughs> I like to think that she just owns them from, like, when when she saw the movie, she's like, those, I need those. When I get famous, the first thing I'm going to buy, Suki's chaps. Yeah, man. She stole my idea. Uh, we've, we've all said it before. 
Brian, before we talk about Faith the Fury, she's not been here a little while. We've been changing things up. We get some either-or questions that you have not answered yet. Are you ready to answer some either-or questions? Of course. Would you say you are, and I think I know the answer, but maybe not. Are you more fast or furious? I don't know. You saying that you knew the answer tripped me on what my answer should be. Am I more fast or furious? Oh my God, this one is bugging me. I think I'm a little bit fast and a little bit furious. Uh, I'm going to say furious. That's what I would go with. Okay, okay, good. That outs us a lot because I don't think any of us would be particularly fast. Oh, I'm I'm more fast and furious, for sure. I'm lacking fury. <laughs> I don't know about that, Joey. I've uh, handed in a late episode from time to time. <laughs> been late on my membership dues for the I have- podcast network absolved myself of all of that that's why i'm like hey guys you know last year and a half you just do it yourself it's all good i and then half the shows just left the network but <laughs> true. yeah that's not a coincidence that i'm like hey you guys have to do your own work they're like well i guess we're wrapping up the show <laughs> also you know i've maxed out the cage club podcast network black card way yeah. too much so Apologies we don't have that. to pay those bills, right? That just is, like, fun money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we've talked about this. I'm sure we've talked about this. We just don't actually don't have an... Well, actually, no. I'm going to save this for a later thing, because uh, I'm going to be vague about it. We'll get to it eventually. Not th- not today. Okay. Here's one. Ties into this movie. It'll be a nice, you know, launch pad, maybe, for the conversation. Are you more a fan... Of Charlize Theron's hair, Cypher's hair, in Fade of the Furious, or F9? Let me look up the F9 photo. F. It's like the Karen. Bob. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Duh. Okay, so I did have a lot I wanted to talk about. Well, maybe not a lot. Um, But I had some hair notes for this. Sure. So. so. It's a great great way to start. The film Hackers, which I've covered on my podcast, High School Slumber Party. Hack the Planet. Hack the Planet. Angelina Jolie's character, fashion icon from that movie a lot of this cypher takes from that character well one they're both hackers too similar hairdos right so yep. i like it because it pays homage so i'm gonna go this one i'm gonna go this one rather than fade like the furious. okay the karen and fast nine one. Oh, you wait you you so you like fate more than f9 i like yes yes okay That's, okay yeah that's all the questions. There's the one that I, I, I nebulously skipped over, which we'll get to eventually in a future lap. You'll ex- I'll explain why, if I remember, on a future lap, but we'll <laughs> get there when we get there. But we do have a question to kick things off. So all lap long, because this is the lap of F9 that we finally got to see F9, we are finally aware that Jacob exists in the world, mm-hmm. that John Cena has been running around behind the scenes uh, all this time, <laughs> doing his own thing with Mr. Nobody, without Mr. Nobody, whatever. Joe, the idea, the question all lap long, what is Jacob doing during this movie? Either is he in these scenes? Is he in Cuba? Is he in New York? Is he in Russia? Is he somewhere else? We are chronologically as close to F9 as we're going to get in the main franchise. So, like, things are probably pretty similar to where they are at the beginning of F9, but maybe not. But, uh, Brian, where do you think Jacob is at the start and the end and anywhere in The Fate of the Furious? Where where was he at the start of F nine? <laughs> Can you refresh he, my memory? He's there? got the uh, the binoculars overlooking something in some unknown, maybe South American country. Possibly, he like finds them when they have the the one half of the tesseract he needs. Oh yes, yes, at and the, it's not the... Project Ares. Yeah, 
and it's not very clear. I know you guys had your have had your theories, but it's not very clear what exactly he's been doing in canon. Correct. No, so all we know is he at one point worked for Mr. Nobody and yep. then he went rogue. We hmm. don't know the timing of that. And yeah, there is a deleted scene in F9, which I don't know if you've seen yet, but it, he gives the impression that every time Dom and the family take out a rival, he swoops in and cleans up the mess and like takes over the territory. Yeah, I've heard about I haven't seen that scene, but I, I've read about it and heard about it from you guys. Huh, Where where is he in this movie? No wrong answers, because, I mean, this one, Joe, I struggled with this one. I, I'm not sure. Because we're so close. I, that's what I was yeah. going to say, too. It's We're so close. The only thing that we know definitively is that he's out of favor with Mr. Nobody, because between 6 and 9, he fell out of favor with Mr. Nobody, right? I think so. And, like, I, I was so – I felt so good, and I still feel good, about on Furious 7 that I think he is in London cleaning up the Shaw mess – after six, because six that makes ends, sense. yeah, and Dom and the family take out the Shaw family, and we know that Jacob in this one line says that you know the Shaw is whatever. So I think that I know pinpoint. I know where he is. But Furious Seven, it's Deckard in L.A., and I don't know that there's really any anything for him to do in L.A. And I'm still trying to. Th- I'm, I, I don't have a good answer here. What's the layoff between eight and nine? Do we know? That's a very good question. I would guess. Based on Baby Brian, Baby yourself, um, <laughs> he's a couple months old in this, maybe, right? And then he's four, maybe, in That sounds F9? about right. That's yeah. a good call. So there's a pretty long layoff. So even though yeah. the movies are close together, we don't have to assume, like, all right, he's about to make his move, because we got years between yeah. that then. Huh, that sets new perspective. So maybe he's in Cuba. I think that would be the sexy answer. But okay. I, I think he's probably on another rooftop in New York with binoculars. Just know, keeping an eye on things. Keeping an eye, yeah. I was thinking that he was somehow in, because we know he went rogue and he kind of worked for Mr. Nobody, kind of like is out of favor now. I think he's somehow involved with like the Russian nuclear footballs thing. Mm, in but, New York or in Russia? Yeah, I can't decide because Dom gets the nuclear footballs. So if Cena was there he would have had to, like, fight him, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's why I don't think he's that close to the action yet, because I feel like if he was, he would have taken his shot, you know? He didn't seem... Again, I haven't seen F9 in a while, but he didn't seem that, like, no, 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 I'm going to wait a couple years, even though I'm this close to him in an action situation. Yeah. Let me me wait a couple years for a perfect move, you know? Uh, I feel like he's still at the periphery at this point. Like, yes, he's cleaning up the messes, but he's not, like chomping at the bit because someone who's chomping on the bit doesn't wait four years to attack yes no very true so i was you know this is the the element of intrigue in this watch this time through is this is the this is the first time we've seen the introduction of cypher since we've seen her in f9 yes and we've always you know I, i've said it before i will say it again that we did not like this movie very much because of the ambiguity which with they uh, with which they leave cypher's ending and then we're like oh cool she's coming back in nine and then nothing really happens with her in nine right like it yeah. just kind of it leaves in the same place she's on the run here i'm wondering Cypher and Jacob not together yet because we I think we're led to believe Otto kind of connects them. I mean, I think Otto connects them possibly. Or does Jacob connect? Jacob's like, I know this woman. I need your money. I we need to get get her out. Like I, I we know where the plane is or whatever. 
I don't know that I don't know that they know each other. I don't know that Jacob knows Cipher. Maybe he knows of Cipher, but I, I don't think it would be crazy to believe Jacob n- met Cipher before nine. I don't know if it's likely, but I think it's possible. Hmm. That's hmm. tough for me, but but if Ramsey knows Cipher just from being a hacker, and Mister Nobody knows Cipher now, those two knew. So Jacob, there's a good possibility of it that he knows of her. Not he's not like they met. I I am almost 100 percent confident that he knows of her. I'm wondering yes. if he knows her, like they have worked together, that she has recruited him in the past or something. Like we don't get that impression. She yeah, she doesn't say that. Not like we don't get a hint of that. Not, no. I don't think. Does he ever use a computer in F9? Uh, maybe. I mean, she she does say that she read, you know, about all the Toretto family and, like, his second-grade report card or whatever. So I guess this is the first the first meeting between the two, I guess, yeah. in 9. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I do have my questions on that. I just, again, I don't know how deep in the world he is at this point. I, I Again, what's a shelf life for someone who's in the world of danger like this, right? (laughs) Apparently 10 movies. Uh, Yeah. But not everyone can be an MVP (laughs) like that and just not, you know, we, I don't know. It's crazy to think about, but I I, I tend to think that uh, he kind of lays low at certain moments. I I think he's just like kind of in the grass a little bit, Jacob, just not necessarily calculating, but. Or maybe if he is, on his own now, if he has gone rogue and he's keeping an eye on his family, maybe and Dom, I mean, maybe he know he learns of Cipher because of her proximity to Dom in Cuba or on the run. Actually, I would I would sign up for that theory for sure. That makes a lot of sense. So he's just kind of in the background tailing Dom, not necessarily to any any end, but just to just to know where he is and what he's up to. Wait, even better, he's not concerned about Dom. Because Dom doesn't like him. He's now following around wherever Mia is in this movie. And he's kind of watching over her, knowing that Dom isn't there. And he likes Mia. And she was the one who reached out to him. Just on an island with Brian. Like, wherever. We don't know where they are in this movie, right? They don't really say it. Once again, refresh my F9 memory. Mia and Jacob. Is it clear when they have been communicating? Like, the first... Like, is F9 the first time they communicated, or has she been, like, secretly communicating with him for years? She says she did for a couple years and then lost track of him and then broke into a police station to try to find out where he was. I think that was, yeah, but that's that's after he ago. leaves, when they're, when, he's, yeah. like, when they're, like, 20, not not now. Okay, so there wasn't, like, you, you know, sometimes there's relatives or friends who come and go. Like, I, I wonder if there was, like, a period she didn't talk about where... Jacob was actually close to Brian and Mia, and she just didn't tell Dom, right? Like, maybe he was in their lives and going to restaurants with him. (laughs) What if he kind of lived the John Cena trajectory? Like, he he would just occasionally go back to wrestling. (laughs) You know, like, that's his gig sometimes. (laughs) He would just be on TV, but Dom wouldn't watch it. He's on SmackDown, and he just, Dom's like, no. Not on Thursday nights. Yeah, you, no you think you think Dom has time to watch wrestling? I think he would enjoy it. Dom opens his movie on vacation, right? Like he is just living the life. But he's an I'm unplugging kind of vacation person, right? Like that's true. When it yeah. comes to cars, maybe not. But he just like his dream vacation is an Airbnb that has a garage with some broken down <laughs> cars and some car parts where you can just be like ooh, an eighty five 
you know, whatever, Dodge, <laughs> cool. Let me put this Honda engine in it, you know, like, just <laughs> let's see if this will work. Like, that's his dream vacation. Although, you know, we'll eventually cover on the podcast the Triple X movies and the Triple X 3, it, uh, it begins with a downhill uh, ski slope, but in the jungle chase where he's trying to reconnect the cable to get a soccer game on in in a small town so maybe he's not watching smackdown but he's not above making sure the rest of cuba has access to john cena on smackdown fair enough fair enough by the way best thing about the triple x movies is uh vin diesel's coat in the first one he's got like a coat with a like a furry like collar thing and oh sexy I've never seen the first or the first two of them. I've only seen the third one, which I was like, nah, I don't think I missed anything. Like, I'm good. But eventually, <laughs> we'll we'll do all three in some fashion. I've been saving them for this, yeah. yeah. One thing that I found that I, then, I, Brian, I want to hear about you, but the, the, my big other thing while we're talking about Cypher, sort of, that I feel is a thread they could pick up or just completely drop, but I feel like the way that F9 ends with the credit scene of Deckard coming back, before Cypher jumps out the plane... Deckard is there and there's a one-on-one confrontation. She's a bench, she's basically like, you know, I there's a difference between you and me. I'm the one with the parachute and she jumps out and he's like, ah. But he, and this is a little bit of a stretch, I think, but he has beef with Cypher because he doesn't like that Cypher essentially sent Owen to jail and put that added stress on Queenie. Yes. And so that's a little bit of a weird kind of domino effect. But I wonder if Decker, because we're like, how is Decker going to come into play after nine? Is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? Are he and Han on the same team somehow for, you know, whatever. But I wonder, like, that's a way to get him on their side. Yeah, for for real again, because family is family is family is whatever. But that that was something I'm just like, I guess this there there may be setting a thing up, but I don't think I wouldn't have remembered the interaction except we know how F9 kind of ends in all sorts of different ways, right? So I was I was intrigued by that. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. It makes a lot of sense, too. And I forgot that, like, that's the whole crux of why Dom goes to Queenie to get Deckard on board is because they had this, like, beef. He, like, he has beef with Cypher because of the brother thing. Like, I, I knew that he did it, but, like, it still was, like, that's not in the forefront of my mind of, like, this is exactly why he did it. But yeah, that makes sense because like once you're like, okay, we're all out to get Cypher, like we're banding together to fight her, then that's how you get them back. And that makes yeah. perfect sense. On this watch, I enjoyed the film more than ever, right? Like I, okay, yeah. this was always my last place one, but I, I was like, you know what? I should have given this film a chance. I am in a mood though, where like, I'm kind of over action, if that makes sense. Like I... Sure. I'm like I kind of zone out when all like I feel that. big yeah. action sequences are going. But in terms of like the dialogue and Roman doing his thing, I'm all for that. But I had a really good time watching this as a standalone film, like not thinking about F9. I know you guys can't do that, obviously. This right. is this is forever. But for me, like I tried not to think about F9. I tried not to think about Seven. I just wanted to think about this movie. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it more that way. Like there was less consequence, less overthinking. So, I mean, what you're saying is checking out, but it doesn't matter that much to me. You know, Does, <laughs> did it make sense? Because whenever I think about this movie, if you don't put it any context on either end of it, then this movie just feels totally chaotic. Like, well, it makes sense in a way that like you can check into a Bond film 
Okay. Not, not, not like the Craig Bonds, like, you know, like the, the older Bond films and not necessarily care where the order is, right? But if you just didn't know what James Bond was or you didn't know what a Fast and Furious movie was and then just watch this movie, it would be bonkers. You know, it would make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Brian? You know what I mean? Like, like, like yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not an independent movie, but it's still fun if you just like kind of let your guard down and just watch, watch it, it for blinders. Watch it for what it is, right? Like. Dom's cousin, again, in Cuba. Like, is he really Dom's cousin? I, I need to ask that of you guys. I don't know. We don't know. He says he's a Toretto. He says, like, a Toretto wouldn't drive a car like this. So we're assuming they even have the same last name. The ambiguity of Dom Toretto's ethnicity is one of my favorite things <laughs> about this series. Well, yeah, they try to clear it up in nine by saying, like, oh, you're, they're pretty much every race, including Norwegian or whatever. <laughs> but, like, because John Cena shows up and she's like, oh, you don't look like a normal Toretto. I never I never detect the Norwegian strain or whatever, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> With that chin. And I think that that's, like, their kind of joke to specifically Brian to be like, yeah, we, we're just – Whatever he feels like today is what we're going to do. I, I have a question for you guys kind of regarding that. And what film did Vin Diesel and Dom Toretto cease to become different people? Well, if you ask Joe, it, it's, it, they've always been the same person. Because it took me like a hundred episodes for him to ca- stop calling Vin, Dom, and Dom Vin. And then <laughs> that only, lasted for, like, it's that only lasted for like ten episodes. And now it's back. I'm just like, all right, it's fine. Whatever. I don't. I, I cannot... I don't know. I think maybe when he became a producer, when he became a producer, maybe like when he became more invested and just like, you know, this is just who I am. Was that four that he did that too? Because if I feel like four is when Dom and Vin blended together, they became one. Well, like the weird thing is that we're so in tune with with Vin Diesel as Dom, but I think Vin Diesel is like way dorkier and way (laughs) nerdier than Dom would ever be. Like he loves D&D. Like his background is in D&D. Like he's... Like, as much as he loves his franchise, his shit is, like, Riddick and stuff, right? Like, it's RPGs. It's, like... Sci-fi. It's tabletop games. Yeah. Yeah, It's, like, real hardcore nerd shit. And so, I think that there is, like, a blurring lines between there. But, like, I don't know that this actually is Vin Diesel. I think this is... Like, Vin is just gone. Like, we're just, like... No, no, no. You're making the ultimate disappearing act. Wait. Mark Sinclair is a nerd. Yes. Vin Diesel and Dom Toretto are the same person. I like that. Actually, that's great, because if you're going to call yourself Vin Diesel, you are the Dom Toretto character. But you're right. Mark Sinclair is that D&D nerd. That's who he is when the door closes. But when the door is open and the lights are on, I think these characters have merged. And when I look back and answer that question... I think it's definitely in the Los Bandoleros, right? Like, okay, he directs it. Yes, um, you know, I just happen to know, being Dominican American myself, his love for Dominican Republic and making sure that some part of it was based there and filmed there. Yeah, and then also like the the idea that, and he has said this, like he really wants to be a man of the world. He really wants that. So like the, his ambiguous ethnicity in these films is almost like him saying, like, you see, I am a man of the people and the people are men of me. He's the god of this franchise, so I'm I'm with it is all I'm saying. Like I used cool. to be kind of a hater of that like oh come on, like he can't be this and that at the same time like if you can't pretend to be latino at times, you know, but now I'm all in. I'm all in now. <laughs> like what I think is a, a little strange, it's not strange, but like 
I don't think when they're in Cuba that he gives off the impression that he's Cuban. I think it's just like I have family he has a in Cuban Cuba. cousin, yeah. And I think that that's like no, but he says less he says offensive. all this weird. He says all this weird stuff that almost like he's towing the line between saying this feels like home. Like Letty's like you feel very relaxed here, and he's like, well, you could say anywhere feels like home. But look at the real Vin Diesel, who owns a house in Dominican Republic, spends a lot of time there, and he's not Dominican, but it feels like home to him. So I think that's true. Yeah. That's like a similarity thing. Like, and that's that's true about Vin and maybe Mark as well. Like, they like that island life, and good for him. I, I we don't really do episode titles, but I feel like this would be one that's like Mark, Vin, and Dom. Like, where does one end? Where does the other begin? Because we're going deeper into the man. It's a spectrum. The legend here, then. Yeah, it's a spectrum. It's also like maybe just a dot. Like it's just it's hard to tell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that he plays D and D with Letty when they're like when they're? What, does no, he try absolutely to make her play? You, wait, he... wait, 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 wait. Are you saying does Vin does Dom Toretto play with yes. Letty or does Vin Diesel play with Michelle Rodriguez? <laughs> Both. That's a good question. Either way, I don't think Michelle Rodriguez gives one fuck about D and D. I cannot true. see her playing anything even remotely nerd shit like that. But do you think that Dom Toretto has ever like like when they were on that island? He's like, "Yo, can we get a quick mat like quick game in a quick sesh? Can we do a quick sesh right here?" She's like, "Oh God." So and he, like, um, pulls the, the dice out of his pocket. I don't he just know. Has, he just carries like. He, oh, has, he definitely like, carries dice. Yeah, he has like a three-quarter inch like socket and, <laughs> and a twenty-sided die in his pocket at all time. He's like, never know what you're gonna need. <laughs> After he beat Kenny Linder half to death, he put a dice in his mouth. That was his calling card. <laughs> well, we could we could learn this in a later installment of the franchise, like with, with flashbacks and stuff. So uh, <laughs> on High School Slumber Party, right? We just did uh, a film. Uh, called All the Bright Places with this guy called Justice Smith. And the other day I was looking up Justice Smith and what he's up to, what is he doing? I'm getting somewhere, don't worry. Um, <laughs> and then I remember that he he was going to be in the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Michelle Rodriguez. She was going to hmm. be in the D&D movie? Yeah, she is going to be in the D&D movie. So come on, she doesn't sign up for that with some knowledge of the game, right? Well, it, you know, the knowledge of the game I'm sure she has Mark is from Mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I had an interesting thought, and it, it came at the very beginning of the movie. We're talking about the Dominican and stuff. That as I was watching Dom set up for the sh- bootleg uh, turbo, the Cuban Mile. No, the, the, he calls it like a bootleg turbo, right? Uh, it's the poor man's turbo, which he says he yes. learned from the Buster. Yes. Now, if you think about it, him pulling the vacuum line and the car catching on fire is very similar to what Jacob did in the race that killed Dom's dad, right? I don't remember. Did he pull the vacuum line? Like, there was, like, a leak in the fuel line, but I feel like Leo and Santos said, like, oh, like, if you pull the vacuum line, like, something about the vacuum line, too. And now I'm like, oh, how did Dom not connect in that moment that that's what was happening to his dad's car? Well, so maybe maybe the Buster they're talking about is not Brian. Maybe the that's Buster what I'm is Jacob. This is also what I'm saying, because he says the Buster, and then, then I thought back to this. Does this make sense? Because, but Vince kind of gives Brian the nickname the Buster. But also, that could just be like a word that you say with your friends, right? Like, you're like, whatever, fool. Well, they or, call yeah, they call everybody fool. And also, just, you know, Jacob hasn't been around in a while. And maybe it's just like, it's like the dork in their group or whatever. Like, the that's one what that I'm they saying. pick on. Like, yeah. nerd. What a nerd. Yeah. 
or something like that. And it would make sense that because we talked about, you know, like Dom is looking for somebody to be a Brian figure in his life or like a Jacob figure in his life who turns out to be Brian. They kind of, you know, follow the same path. He's a little bit younger than him, whatever, whatever. That this would make sense that like he would call them both Buster. And maybe, sure. yes, he is referencing. Because we never saw Brian do that. And also, like, I no. know that Buster became a gearhead, but it doesn't feel like something that he would ever, that the character as we know it would no. ever, like, know to do. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, this is yeah. why I was thinking about it the whole time. I was like maybe he's talking about Jacob here because like it makes no sense that Brian just would like like when has Brian ever been in a situation where he didn't have like a car from the government right or from Dom or from Dom yeah so it would be like this would be like a weird thing for him to like just invent or introduce to Dom on his own so yeah this was kind of blowing my brain when I was watching it this time thinking about that because one thing Brian we uh we picked up from Nico and Kevo when they were on was that there's a chance, like maybe the reason that Dom loves Brian so much is that he's trying to fill the Jacob sized hole in his heart to have Brian and, you know, sort of emulate and take on the characteristics and even the name of sort of in a sense, like the fallen brother is right in line with that theory. Oh yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause he comes around like right around when, when like, like there, there was only like a year or two between like Jacob leaving and Brian showing up. So it like, no, 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 Joe, you're forgetting it's what? 12 years or whatever. What? No. It's, oh, yes. It's 89. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. It's like, it's like eight or nine years. <laughs> Can you get like a, uh, a Walt Hickey or someone who does graphs and charts to do like more of a timeline for us? Like what? I don't think uh, this is the biggest right. thing that we have. We, we, we talk about it. Wes, who listens and writes in a lot. He is, the, he's the timekeeper. The, the, the only time answer keepers. the only answer is there is no answer because the franchise does not give a shit about times but i want one of those like pop charts of what the possible timeline is right okay. like, i got it pretty down it's pretty close the only thing that really really fucked it up was f9 being like <laughs> 89 <laughs> instead of 99 yeah 80 if it said 99 all of this would kind of fell in line but it didn't it just cuz they basically rewrote it when Based on, so there's two ways to gauge time, really. There are tombstones and children's ages. And when they show Letty's tombstone, like, they basically pushed, I think, the first two movies, like, three years forward. And then Tokyo Drift takes place, like, in 2013 or something, which is also insane. But they've, <laughs> they've adjusted those. So, like, four takes place in, like, 09. So one comes out in 01, but actually takes place in, like, 04. It doesn't really make sense, but it's also kind of fine, whatever. But yeah, then F9 being like, oh yeah, no, this, was, this was 1989. It's like, no, it's not. No, it cannot be. It literally cannot be based on everything else. But yeah, right. that's what they did. The, the, it just adds to the mystery. I love it, though. Well, like, so I'm listening right now to With Gorley and Rust covering the Friday the 13th movies, and they have, you know, this is three years ago because I'm listening to the first season when they're doing the Friday the 13th movies. But Matt in his office is literally writing on the window the timeline because, like, movies two, three, and four take place on the same weekend, which is crazy. Okay. Wow. Oh. oh, yeah, that's right. The first movie, spoilers for Friday the 13th. First movie, the mom is the killer, and then Jason shows up at the very end, and then he is the killer in two, and then he gets the mask in three, and then he you know keeps going in four. But two, three, and four, it's like Friday into Saturday into Sunday into a little bit into Monday, and so they're doing all this. But then you know the the movies jump forward in time by like a decade, and all of a sudden, to make the math in part eight work, it's like okay, this girl is a thirty eight year old high school student because <laughs> like she was like. 
eight years old on this boat when there's like eight year old Jason, which had to happen in like 1959 or something. So like if this movie is <laughs> taking place in 2000, it's just it's it's insane. Like it doesn't really work, but whatever. So we need a Matt Gorley office window, but for the Fast and Furious timeline. Yeah. If the Patreon was bigger and we had a studio, we could do this on the wall. <laughs> we could. It would be right behind us as you watch the live stream. It would just be like right above our heads. Couldn't somewhere. couldn't you just put that in your respective homes? Yeah, but L- look, I have a wife. You have a wife. How would that go? <laughs> if I start well, writing well, on the wall behind me right here. Well, I I wouldn't be doing it. It, it would. Be- <laughs> I'm not doing it. Is you know that's what I'm saying. I'm not doing it for multiple reasons. I don't have a wife, but I also just don't want an entire window. Well, I mean, I do have a whole blank wall right it's now. It's probably worse for you without a wife because if some woman walked into your just house and that. saw the timeline, you'd be or like, what the fuck or is wrong with you? or if she walks in, she's like, oh, yes, you are the one. <laughs> imagine yeah. she's like, imagine like you have a spot on the timeline that you can't figure out. And some beautiful lady just comes in. And she just rain mans it in between. Yeah. Like, like she's my will hunting. Good will hunting. hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good will hunting sorry. <laughs> oh, that's your sword in a stone. That's your sword in a stone, Joey. <laughs> so I need to put on my wall uh, an unfinished Fast and Furious math problem. And then <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Bring and back a janitor. A, and a nice janitor somehow girl will come be charming enough to bring back a series of women here and like lead them into my <laughs> office where there's nothing else to do. And it's just like, okay, uh, just hang out here for a little bit. I need to go freshen up. And they're like, what <laughs> the fuck creepy. is on the wall? That's so creepy. <laughs> I don't know how this happens otherwise. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up, though. We are also verging on the territory of an After Dark episode, and this is on the pa- this is on the public feed. We need to reel this in. I'm so used to the After Dark episode. I know. Just a plug for the Patreon uh, furious listeners out there, or fast listeners, whatever. <laughs> this is just a little taste of what it gets like after dark. <laughs> and if you pay for the new highest t- tier, the $150 tier, you'll get the outtakes of the After Dark episodes. God, no. <laughs> Ryan, I want your opinion. This is something that I brought up in the opening segment. Um, I want your opinion as a New York City resident. What it, what do you think of the scene in New York where Dom is stopped in the street and the five or six cars that the family are in are like quartering Hot-tying him, him. Yeah. and there's no traffic around and no one is angry that they're blocking off a sort of major thoroughfare? Yeah. That feels realistic, right? <laughs> very impossible. Very impossible. That's why street racing... While it does happen in New York, it's more you know, 3 a.m. highway stuff, right? Like Yes. Or, or in the outer boroughs, it used to be pretty common. Not really where they were, not in the scenic parts. However, I'm glad you bring up this New York thing, sure. Joey, because this is something that Fast and Furious fans, as the movies were going along, as I was. Actually, uh, F9 was the first one I did not see in the theater. I didn't see Tokyo Drift in the theaters, but... I saw one and two in the theaters, I believe. Three, no. But from four through... Nine. You saw nine. No, oh, no, you sorry, saw sorry. Nine with us. sorry, sorry. Eight was... Uh, sorry, this, we're talking about eight, right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first I did not see in the theaters from uh, from a streak from four through seven. I, I don't know. I, I was I was a little confused at this point of whether I still want to buy in or not. I did, obviously, but I was a big Brian fan. Regardless, growing up and seeing Miami... And well, LA in the first one, 
And eventually you get Brazil in the fifth one, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. was clamoring, like, we need to go to New York. We need to go to New York because there needs to be a New York Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, but, that's but, true. By the time we get there, they're almost too big for one city, right? Like they have yeah. like scenes yep. in five or six cities. But at the time, there was a lot of, and you could probably find it on some corny old message boards. There was a lot of dialogues of what would that New York-centric Fast and Furious movie look like? Because uh, Mark Sinclair has a lot of New York roots, <laughs> a lot of Greenwich Village sure. roots. So people were like, oh, that would be super cool. That would be kind of like a little bit of a homecoming. I don't think he's born in New York, but I think he like grew up or... In... I mean, again, he's a citizen of the world. Yes. Wherever, is, wherever he is, he's from. And... I didn't even mention Tokyo, right? Like that one where Tokyo is sort of a character in that too. Like people wanted that New York film. And I'm glad that even though it's late, they do go to New York twice and it ends in New York randomly. And So this was going to be my next question for you guys, actually. Is it just assumed that they're always just going to have this dinner at the end, this party? And like, <laughs> Is there a party planning committee, you think? Like, oh. <laughs> Is there dues? Do you have to like pay in for the for the the barbecue at the end? I assume it's potluck. The answer is yes. Every mission ends in a barbecue. Whether the ones yes. whether they're captured on film or just ones that we imagine, they all end in a rooftop barbecue or backyard barbecue. Uh, beer, grilling, family prayer. This one looked everything. like it had a charcuterie board or something going on there. Well, they're in New York. They're yeah, on the roof. quality know. meats, I mean, baby. That's true. That's Come true. on, you know, it's like they they have to. Uh, Assimilate with the culture a little bit. I just wonder if at this point, because they're rich, they're connected. Is there a party planner involved? Do they call a connection? Does Mr. Nobody have party connections where they're like, don't worry, we'll bring the charcuterie board. (laughs) I was thinking this this time because they had like tins and like beers and ice like in like nice metal things. And they're on this roof that has a bunch of plants. So like, I was like, this had to have been a little bit of planning, right? Like this isn't just like somebody's like the backyard barbecues I get, right? Cause you can always throw a backyard barbecue, not a big deal. Somebody runs to the store on the way home. We're cool. But this one seemed like it, it definitely took some planning. You have to get the space. You have to get the beers, the, the nice containers, the charcuterie board. But, like this one definitely was more upscale. I think Mr. Nobody put this together. I think you're right, and he's in charge of the party planning. Well, he was there, so he was like, I got this party. Don't worry about By it. By the way, speaking of Mr. Nobody at the party, it is so awkward <laughs> that he's, like, saying his goodbyes, and then as he's saying the goodbyes, he's like, hold on, They're this could be fight. interesting. <laughs> and then encourages the entire barbecue to, like, stare at Vin and – or uh, at Dom and Deckard. It's just like, I was about to leave, but, like, this is better than wherever I was going to go. So, like, let's all look over there. It's just like, okay. And then, you know, we've talked about before, everyone meet brian the awkwardness of them applauding the name it's like i don't like i'm you know we talked in the intro about like naming and like whether that's annoying or bad or weird or normal or whatever but the applause it's like ah yes good name good good name choice i know that your wife your baby mama just died but uh good job naming brian marcos toretto good job good job good job (laughs) brian marcos yes his name is brian marcos i forgot (laughs) rachel brought that up this time she was like marcos like yeah okay yeah brian marcos toretto so weird (laughs) brian marcos sinclair i would have named him brian earl spilner (laughs) toretto Brian Earl, <laughs> Brian Earl Spilner Toretto. Can I just go through my uh, please two or three other notes for the film? Yep. Before you mm-hmm. kick me out of here, just like things on this. <laughs> well, block. We got games to play. We're not going to kick you out yet. We got games to fair play. Enough, yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. We can be quick on this. Obviously, Cuban Mile. You've talked about it. Of course. Uh, 
Um, hat this time, I'm a crocodile at the watering hole. Cracked me up so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that was just such a silly... La- so many animal metaphors in this one. <laughs> With the tiger and the neck thing, too. I'm like, yep. whoa. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting screenwriting choices. As always, love Roman. But love Roman in this one. More than I thought I loved Roman in this one. Like the fact that he's number 11 and stuff. And now that I've seen 9, I'll, I'll kind of recant a little bit what, about what I said. But the... Tej, Roman, and why do I always forget? What's this girl's name? Ramsey. 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 Maybe that's her last name, by the way. It is. is. Her name is Megan Ramsey. Okay, okay, okay. Like, I love that whole thing, right? Like, when she's talking to uh, Shaw, and they're getting, like, jealous. Like, that was awesome to me. (laughs) Uh, Barstow, (laughs) ghetto. (laughs) And And I know this has been addressed, I'm pretty sure here, but, and in other places, Maybe on the podcast, my favorite Fast and Furious podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bleep that show name. But okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, Scott Eastwood as just like we need a white person to replace Brian is like so so forced here. That it's like, come on, no, you did not need just a, a random white guy to replace Brian. You have plenty of white people in the film. It didn't need to like. I feel like someone consciously said you know, younger, hot white man, just so, like, the ladies can have their choices. Like, it's like, come on. Well, it's pretty telling that he is not back and he's not missed in Nine. No, exactly. I was, I'm like, wait, he wasn't in Nine. And I just realized it, well, by watching Eight today. I completely <laughs> forgot about this character. I guess for, you know, Mr. Nobody is not really in Nine. He's He's been captured or whatever. He's on tape. So, like, I guess it would make sense. But they could also be like, yeah, we we called Little Nobody. We called rules, right? Like, there's, but they, but they call Stasiak, they call so Stasiak. he already did one of those. If he was, yes, if he was that popular, he'd be back. He'd be back if he was that popular. What is he doing? Because you'd assume that, like, I guess we have to assume that he was with Miss or Nobody when the plane goes down, so they're kind of, like, still together, right? Because he's still an underling. But, like, I was thinking, like, why, yeah, why wouldn't he have been like, okay, like, Mr. Nobody's gone, so, like, now's my shot. Well, I mean, like, you have, to, you have to imagine that their organization is big, and maybe he's just doing work in other places. I don't know, but his character to me was so just, like, blah and bad, and just not even well-received by the rest of the cast there, that <laughs> I was like, wait, does he, is he, does is he working for Cypher? Like, is he really a bad guy here? Because usually when we get characters like that, it's like, oh, you were so... Heel turn. Yeah, silly and incompetent because you were secretly working for the bad guy. But nope, he's just... Wait, is he at the... Uh, is he at the um, he is. barbecue he at the end? He's okay. at the barbecue at the end. There you go. So I really feel like they were trying him out as a potential Brian replacement, and it just didn't click with the audience. I mean, we don't know why it's not Zac Efron. I mean, to make you happy, I don't know why it's not Taylor Lautner. You know, it could be anybody. <laughs> oh, oh. Why, right? did you, why did you do that to me? Oh, now that I picture that, chef's kiss. You just need a dude who looks good shirtless. Like, that's all that role is, right? It's just somebody who's, like, clean cut and looks good shirtless. Please, please can Taylor Lautner, in a weird age up, play Brian Marcos. Please. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Like a flash forward in the next one. Like in 10, we keep flashing forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be fun. Yeah, because fuck time. We're not playing. Like, we were, like, I mean, like, we, we have totally broken the timeline anyways. So, like, we need more flash forwards in 10. If you're listening, um, Justin Lin, flash forward. That's what we want. Joey, as a fan of Lost, would you take a flash forward fast and flash 
and Furious movie? We've talked a lot about how the franchise will end, right? And, like, people maybe ushering in the next generation. Yeah. Um, someone tweeted at us this week about, uh, you know, Dom becoming Mr. Nobody at the end of Eleven, which could be cool. Like That makes sense, yeah. I don't want 10 and 11 to flash forward, I don't think. You know, I don't want the main story. I think we need to keep it roughly where we are in time because we're on the trail of Cypher for whatever, right? Okay. But if Eleven jumps forward and sets up other stories or we do standalones or whatever, by all means, like, throw the rule book out. Do whatever you want. But I think the fir- the next two movies have to be somewhat on this grounded timeline. in time. Yeah. Okay. So, so, Joe, you and I have talked Taylor Lautner a lot, obviously. So this question is for Joey. Universal on the Peacock announces a Fast and Furious live action show and and it's featuring another Toretto cousin and that is Taylor Lautner. Are you in? Of course. Or are you, okay. So super sold. You are sold. So you mean like in addition to Tyler Posey as Dom's cousin. That we do like the live action spy racers. Yeah. And it's Taylor Lautner. It's more, it's more an adult spy racers, right? Like not like adult. Not like porn, but like... Sex, sex, sexy spy racers. But but yeah, kind of like that. You know what I mean? Like kind of like oh, you know, kind of bringing the sex back to the Fast and Furious thing in a sense. Sure. And Taylor Lautner's a star. I I'd be all in. I'll tell you that much. I don't know. What's I mean, Taylor look, Lautner if Fast doing? and Furious is if the name is on the thing, we're doing it, right? That's so. true. That's very true. Are we gonna get another Hobbs and Shaw, or is it not happening? No, they they greenlit a second one. I, I there's been but no COVID, news about it. COVID didn't. Like, they greenlit a second one, then COVID happened, so I don't think they're shooting it yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, that's that's all I have. We could get into more, but uh, that, that those were my main notes this time. So there is one line I want to call out, my last note. Okay. I know she's speaking metaphorically, but Cypher tells Dom that he will, quote, abandon your, as in his, abandon your brother's plural Mm. and we know we didn't know it at the time of fate that he had a brother so does cypher know something that we don't know does he have more than one brother or is she just truly speaking metaphorically (gasps) i think we should read deeply into that and say that she knows that he has more than like he has a brother because we know that jacob exists now but i think at the time she was just like your brothers in arms your family your friends yeah yeah but Brothers, you know. brothers, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's the other, yeah. That's, that was the whole, that's why I said what I said, the plural. Okay, I'm going to give you three choices. So I, I just don't want to make sure that, like, Brian repeating what I said was not your epiphany moment. <laughs> oh, brothers! Why didn't you say that? It's like, yeah, I, that's the whole reason I brought it up. Gotta no, I, I did, because I was considering Brian the other brother, because, like, that's kind of his brother-in-law. So I didn't even think about, like, Jacob and then another, because, and we see the flashback. So, like, where's where are they fucking hiding another brother in this point? You know what I mean? Like, we know Mia was there. We know Jacob was there. There's a third brother that just, like, wasn't in any of the flashbacks and not around when his dad died. Hey, man. You never know. Half-brother. Okay, I'm going to give you three choices for that brother. Or four choices for that brother. Dave Batista. Never happened. He said he hates Yeah, he said he hates Okay, okay, but I'm giving it to you. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. So, Dave Batista, right? Keanu Reeves. Not big enough. Not big what enough. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You mean physically or yeah, you're like or... muscly, like not like ripped, like not like 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 yeah, like brawny enough, like that is what I'm saying. Robert Pattinson, which I would love always, or Donnie Yen. 
or fifth option always is Timothy Chalamet, and that's who my ultimate choice would always be. But he he's also not big enough to be a Toretto. Well, so I think Keanu is going to tie into the Hobbs and Shaw world. I don't think he's a Toretto brother. Fair. But he still will never be in these movies. If if Joe if Joe said Keanu's not big enough, Pattinson's like smaller than yeah, Keanu. Yeah, he is. He is. Keanu's definitely more ripped than Pattinson is. And I mean Donnie Yen. I don't know how. I mean, yeah. I'll take it, man. That's fine. But I don't know how that flies. I didn't detect an Asian strain in your... (laughs) How about Mark Wahlberg? That's probably the best bet. Yeah, something like that. Arnold's... Arnold's just too old. He's too old. (laughs) He's a half-brother. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's like a very early version of Dom's mom. Well, we don't know when the fuck she had him now at this point, because it was 89 when his dad died, so... Corey Stoll. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, you do. That's the guy from uh, The Strain. Oh, the bald guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, could, could, couldn't you see him as less of a... He's know, a henchman. Or, or just more of like an intelligent brother, you know what I mean? Like a conniving evil brother. An erudite brother? Yes. Like, oh, I was never into cars like you and dad, but mom taught me computers and evilness. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Really paints Toretto's mom in like a really bad picture, right? Like we just keep we just keep letting her have like half evil sons. Really. <laughs> the dad just just ultimate good, and her in the mom was just like behind the scenes, like. Ha, ha, ha. Do we know anything about the mom? Nope. Nope. Jeez, that's crazy. Nothing. I don't it's even coming. think he mentioned it. It's got to be coming. All right. Yeah, gotta... T- Ten actors who could play the Toretto mom. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have one more note, and that one Good. note is my 77 ranked women who could play Dom's <laughs> mom. Number 77. Joe, <laughs> do you have any more notes? No, I cut mine in as we were talking. Listeners of the show, please email the show with your best suggestion for who could play the Toretto mother. Diane please. Lane. Diane Lane. <laughs> high school slumber party at gmail.com. That's high school slumber party at gmail.com. <laughs> Please, I'll read it on air. No one will care on my show, but I'll read it on air. How about Diane Keaton? Uh, no. No. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't I'll think so. Stop. <laughs> it's just, I, you know, I w- although I would love to see a seven year old Dom Toretto in New York in Annie Hall with the tennis rackets and the lobsters <laughs> and Dom just running around in the background, that would be cool. How about Rita Moreno? That would add the Latin flair. I think they. Fl- I think. I think they've like casting flirted with Rita Moreno. I think they've. They, they've mentioned her, and I think yeah, she's, there's she's quotes out there yeah. that she has said that she would love to, or something like that. Ooh. So I think that's actually like a a possibility. Grandma Toretto, I love it. Well, Grandma Toretto. I mean, I guess Grandma to Baby Brian. Yeah, yeah. I would like call to call her Granny Toretto. Time to play this. Ain't no ten second raise, aka boy. Do we have a podcast for you? Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. This is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app. Find any tweet from someone we don't know who might be interested in listening to our show. Tweet at them. Say, boy, do we have a podcast for you? And customize it if we want. And go from there. Game, as everybody knows, is very, very hard. But we try our very, very best. And let us review while you two look for tweets. I found one. But let's look for tweets and I will review last time we played with Drea Clark on Theory 7. I found, recommended for you at the Matt Moen, 10 theme ideas for the next Met Gala, the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Furious 6, blah, 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 F9, The Rainforest. And we said, we don't like that you snub Fast 5, but we're very pro-Rainforest. Boy, we have a podcast for you. 
nothing. But here's here's where the real shit that this guy we retweeted it, West retweeted it, West responded to it, and like four or five people who follow us liked the tweet after we retweeted it. And this guy still did not give a shit. <laughs> like we have never truly in the history of this game had as much interaction on a tweet as we did here, and yet I get no points because the Matt Moen does not give a shit. No. He was just like, look at me blowing up with this tweet. So, it is what it is. Joe, you found Logan likes movies at LVW likes movies. F9 is loud, dumb, and fun. Continues the trend of increasingly ridiculous action set pieces that will exhilarate you while leaving you questioning whether there's any sort of logic left in the world the franchise is set in. Get on its wavelength and you'll have a good time. We said we live our life one wavelength at a time. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. You gotta like, but it's from Lane, new patron Lane, not from Logan yeah. Likes Movies, so no points to you. Treya found Iffy at Iffy Wadaway, whip dirty but the drip clean, and a picture of him in his car. And we said the podcast dirty but the editing clean. The Treya Clark says hi from this episode. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Gotta like, but from Treya, not from Iffy. So swing and a miss across the board. <laughs> oh, four, three. Now this time, I found Kate at Adam Carlson Lover. Who's Adam Carlson? I don't know. Uh, I think it sounds I'm... like a guy from the Mythbusters. Carlson with a, a C or a K? C-A-R-L-S-E-N. The way she spells it, there is nobody famous with that name. So I don't know. Maybe just her boyfriend. Yeah, maybe. Aww. Kate says, So if Fade the Furious was a submarine and F9 was a rocket, what is 1011 going to be? And I'm going to say Time Machine. Oh, boy, do we have a podcast for you. What do you two have for this game? I'm going to go with VP Sunshine Princess at <laughs> Sunshine Princess uh, with no U. Uh, it is Fast and Furious franchise rankings. Fast and like the first one, the original. Two is F5. Three is Furious 7. Four is F9. Five is Too Fast, Too Furious. Six is Fast and Furious 6. Seven is Tokyo Drift. Seven again is Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Nine is Fast and Furious. Eight, Fate of the Furious, and ten is Fast and Furious Four. Yeah, Tej and Roman okay. need a spinoff. We love your rankings, and we definitely agree. Ted and Tej and Roman need a spinoff. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. She's a made-for-TV movie waiting to happen, but for now, you can catch her on OnlyFans. Is this somebody that you follow? No, you don't. No, I don't. I just Wait, found this tweet. She's on OnlyFans. Yeah. I thought you made that up. No, no, that's what her that's bio, her bio. Says. I was reading it, yeah. So uh, I will be playing for myself and Charity today. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that means I have two tweets. One's for my own score, and one is for ch- Charity. Sure. Ch- charity is a very important cause. So this this is for myself. <laughs> Sending this one. I'm going to put in parentheses, Bri- or Brian parentheses, Charity. <laughs> so this is you. This is you. This okay. is me, yes. All right. Hit us with this one. This is from a year ago. At Vin Diesel, at... M-Rod official, assuming that's Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Yep. At The Rock. When do we get the Fast and Furious where Toretto gets hit by a car while walking his dog, which I do not approve, goes to the afterlife, has to win races to come back for revenge, only to find it's Hobbs' grandmother that had a stroke while on her Sunday drive. Whoa. What? What the hell is this? Did you search Fast and Furious walking dogs? No, I put Fast and Furious grandmother, and I found this oh. one, and I'm like... That's wacky as hell. Uh, 
So it is. I don't want to play this one for charity because it's fucked up. So I'll play this one for me. So okay. what do you, what do you want to say? We we like it. We we retweet it. But what do we want to say to Stewart? How are we going to customize this tweet to get Stewart interested in our pod? Stewart, dogs should never die in the Fast and Furious franchise. Much like Han never did. Yeah, that's good. Much like Han <laughs> never did. We're going to be the podcast for you. Cool. Sorry, sorry for for intruding. Oh no, that was great. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I I started it with Stuart with a period. Full complete sentence. <laughs> yes, Stuart. Stu- just full addressing him. Yeah. Stuart. Dogs should never die in the Fast and Furious franchise, much like Khan never did. Okay. And which one are you playing for charity? Okay, we got Arthur D. Let's hit us with the charity tweet. This is my real grandma tweet. This is the real one. Because I wanted to see if anyone had ever casted Grandma Toretto. And Arthur D. did. Next in F10, we learn that Maggie Smith plays Dom Toretto's grandma. She forced him to have some broccoli when he was a kid, and he didn't like it at all. Now he wants vengeance. <laughs> and how do you want to respond to Arthur D? Hmm. I guess the broccoli was as bad as, as the tuna at something like that. You know what I'm Ooh, talking about? Oh, good one. Professor McGonagall <laughs> as Dom's grandma. I'm saying I... I guess the broccoli must have been as bad as the tuna at Toretto's Market Cafe. Boy, do we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. For now, Brian, good. we have one more game to play, which we did not play last time. Okay. Because the episode was getting long. But we are going to play, dude, where's my car? What's my, what's car? my car? Sorry. What's dude, my car? what's my car? That's the name of the game, not the actual thing. Dude, what's my car? What's your car, dude? From January 12th of this year. Do you want to play the game? Do you want to guess the car? Or do you want me to help give me? You want me to? Do you want to help me give clues to Joe? I don't know cars. I'm going to help you give clues. Subject line. This is from Jerry Robinson, sent in January of this year. Car pick, and if you ha- use this one, oh, if you can use this during a Tokyo drift lap. Well, sorry. Sorry. Whoops. Sorry, I mean, this Jerry. is the Tokyo drift lap was because it was supposed to be the lap that F9 came out in, right? But this is the lap that F9 came out yeah. in. So it's so not the Tokyo did. drift lap, but it's also. You know. Bonus. He says, fourth one, I owe you guys a garage full of cars, and here you go. This is a... Japanese car. I would assume so. Yes, it is uh, a company that I've never heard of, but their name literally means, and this is a huge clue, Child's Dream. Child's Dream? Child's Dream. Child apostrophe S, Dream. Child's dream this was a prototype sports car from this company exhibited at the 48th geneva auto show in 1978 it was started the project for this car was started by minoru hayashi in 1975 with the goal of producing sports cars using knowledge gained from auto racing this car was to be their first production road car and the company planned to produce a limited number for sale in japan despite multiple prototypes and homologation efforts what is this Granting of approval by an official authority. So they kept trying to get it approved, I guess. Okay. It was never approved by regulatory bodies for sale in Japan or overseas. As a result, the project was not commercially viable, and this car never entered series production. So, Joe, we're looking for a car that apparently was in production for 12 years somehow from a company I've never heard of that was oh. never for sale and really kind of only at car shows. Here's here's my clues, my extra clues. Yes, please. It shares a name with a famous World War II airplane. 
So if you know your World War II airplanes, it... it the make or the model? The model. Okay. B-52. No, no, no. no. Uh, I, I don't... Okay. We also would have gone a totally different way to get you guess B-52s. Like, yes, I am sure, living I on Channel Z, <laughs> which is also a clue for this. This car is featured in a bunch of video games, according to Wikipedia. Sega GT Inch. 2002, Gran Turismo 4, and 5 oh. among them. And 6. It was in an episode of the anime Yatterman. There's <laughs> also a car res- that resembling this was in Season 2, Episode 3 of Danger 5. Two shows I've never seen. But it was in Gran Turismo 4. And 5. I, ne- I just saw a commercial for what, Gran Turismo 7 coming out, Joey, or 8? Uh yeah I don't know I don't play those but yeah seven or eight I think I think eight I think and I and I so was tempted to be like it comes out in March and I was like God damn it I need a PlayStation to play Gran Turismo <laughs> it was in four or five I don't think I played four or five I only stopped it three four on was on the PS2 I played three four came on out two thousand four yeah five came out in two thousand ten yeah I definitely didn't play that six one, came out two thousand thirteen yeah I think it's the, I think it's Gran Turismo in the Transformers universe. Oh, no, seven, 7 is the one that's coming out next. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Transformers Universe. It's in the Transformers Universe. There's a car, there's a Transformer based on this car, and his name is Rodimus Prime. Yeah. Rodimus. <laughs> this car is Silver Joe. It kind of looks like a spaceship. It kind of looks like Kit. If Kit got flattened a little bit, it kind of looks like a DeLorean. If a DeLorean I, I was got just going to say, a little bit. That, that was gonna, I don't know if you even know this car, obviously, but I, no. I would say it is definitely the Japanese DeLorean because of the, the story and look and everything like that. Does it have gall wing doors? It's hard to tell because the doors are closed. Okay. I don't think so, but I wouldn't be surprised. No, I think they open normally. Child's Dream. I have no idea. I mean, the, the American, the, Amer- the American company name does not mean Child's Dream. No. I think the Japanese translation means Child's Dream, and they just translated it to a different word altogether in American, in English. But it's an American company, so you no, know it's the a Japanese company. company. No, 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 no. I, that was the first clue. The, I don't know the company. Okay, so that this is really hard. This is not a known car. This is like not like you have to be deep, deep, yeah. lost in the sauce. Top, yeah. top one percent. Car knowledge, I think. Two-door car, supercar, 1978, produced until 86, 75 to 86, though it's clear. The doors are scissor doors. What does that mean? So they do go up. They do go up. Yeah, going. Also called flap wing, wing doors, beetle wing doors, turtle doors, switchblade doors, swing up doors, upswing doors, Lamborghini doors, and Lambo doors. So And it shares the name with the main Japanese fighter of World War II, the make. No, sorry, the model name, not the make. I have no idea. Can you guys tell me what it is? <laughs> it is the Dome Zero. Maybe Dome Zero? Dome, Dome Zero. Definitely Dome Zero. Was a prototype car from Dome Dome Company Limited. Literally child's dream. <laughs> it's pretty badass looking. You're right. It has like a big like Japanese DeLorean feel to it. This should have been in like the movie. What was like, oh, what were, fuck, not like. Yeah, maybe RoboCop. This seems like a car for RoboCop. RoboCop takes place in Detroit. Like that's all American-made cars. Point, but I mean, like Japanese that kind car. of vibe. This like this sure. very futuristic, but also from the '80s. Like what the future looked like in the '80s to it. Sure, Joe. Situation. Look up that uh, anime Yataman that Joey said. Look up Yataman Dome Zero. Like I'm not into anime, but it looks badass in this thing. Oh yeah, that's cool looking. Dome Zero and Yataman. Y-A-T-T-A-M-A-N. Here. Oh, fuck yeah. With this, like, kind of skull thing on in front of it, too. 
Yeah. Just saw a headline. Ludacris said he'd, quote, love to see Meadow Walker join the Fast and the Furious franchise. She's oh. a phenomenal person, he says. She has those great genetics, and I would love to see it. That's all I can say. I can't confirm or deny. I'm hearing the rumors as well, but I know her personally, and her heart is made of gold. I mean, That's a good play by them, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you can't really say the opposite. Like, you know what? She just she doesn't cut the mustard. She's a bag of shit. I knew that girl for a long time, and, like, she sucks. Yeah, like, of course he's good. But, like, also, it's a really good play. Like, we talked about Cody Walker joining the franchise, but, like, Meadow joining the franchise is a really, really smart Yeah, move. you keep Paul's legacy going on without yes. undermining or undercutting the farewell to Brian. Yes, yep. And you can just be like, uh, Mia, sorry, Brian slept around. Here's his daughter. <laughs> It's, she's yeah, you could have, kid. like, a real Dom situation, right? Like, he didn't know that he had this daughter. Oh, when... <gasps> it's with girl. It's with Minka Kelly. Oh, Minka Kelly's her mom. And people are like, Minka Kelly comes back to, like, Minka Kelly was these movies? It's like, <laughs> let me explain to you. <laughs> there was a, the there... six-minute turbocharged prelude <laughs> to Too Fast, Too Furious. Becomes the most important part of the franchise for the next <laughs> yeah, movie. Man. I'd love it. Because she's the only other woman in the entire franchise that Dom, that Brian has ever, like, shown affection to no maybe eva mendez definitely maybe. eva mendez he oh that's true i forgot the movie that we're breaking down minute by minute and like she was just in this episode yes yeah yeah brian thank you for joining that's a that's a that's a way to edit all that out brian thank you for joining <laughs> what do you want to plug uh well i have other than other podcasts that are competitor stars <laughs> <laughs> i i'd like to plug my uh show which is called High School Slumber Party. The both of you have been on Joey kind of recently, right? You were on for Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, and yeah, Joe too. Of course, you've been on our Twilight Lap, and we got mm-hmm. we got to do another one of those because as I'm at my desk here in my apartment, good say it because I'm going to uh, tell Twilight you Twilight HQ. Story too. Well, I'm just saying the 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 maid who cleans my apartment every two weeks must think I am insane. With all these packs of Twilight cards, <laughs> this this poster that Kate Hudson made me buy. Of... Yo, so wait, wait. So Rachel comes home from from the store yesterday, and she has a frame for the poster that Kate Hudson made me buy. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's gonna be framed soon. Like she has like a frame that fits, and she's getting ready to frame it. So definitely take pictures. So we have so of much. Course. We have so much fun in it. And if you're a Fast and Furious fan, and you're like, why would I watch Twilight? That seems dumb. <laughs> Shame on you. They're such similar franchises. They're they have the equal amount of rewatchability. A lot of cars in it, a lot of all those. But um and it, it's just a fun time and we have such a fun time, you uh I and Kate Hudson. We buy a lot of stuff on the pod. A lot of random Twilight we, shit. We, we do. mostly make Kate buy things, to be fair, but sometimes we have to buy things and that's fun too. But uh when does this episode come out? Do you know? Tuesday. Tuesday, so the episode that I have... Well, because right now, as we're recording this, you have 240... Oh, wait, do you count the AP episodes as episodes, as main I do. numbers? I or do, no? yes. In the regular season, so do you count? So this Friday will be 249. So will yesterday Ooh. have been number 250? you have a bonus 250? Or is this upcoming Friday a 250 episode? I There's no... Uh, two, uh, don't make me do that. Uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> as, of this re- as of this recording, we're not really celebrating 250. We might just have a nice tip of hat to it uh i don't really want i know 250 is 25 percent to a thousand 
thinking about doing a thousand episodes is pretty daunting. Well, by a thousand, you'll have completed high school slumber party and then done college slumber party. You'll be into graduate slumber party. Yes. What am I doing with my life slumber party? Why am I still having slumber parties? (laughs) Entry level job slumber party where you have receded in your professional career back to that point because you cannot do anything other than watch like, I don't know, office space. I'll do that. Entry entry level slumber party i will do office space I have episode a, number 1000 has to be office space right i have a list though of movies for that post-college malaise so don't worry i do like i'm more interested in that than college to be honest with you uh saying i'm almost fired. so college dropout baby <laughs> college dropout yeah Ooh, we have a whole soundtrack for it yeah do like do like six months of college movies so that i can talk about everybody wants some and it follows and then say you're dropping out and then stop covering college yeah. movies <laughs> That's a good play. I <laughs> really is, like that. That is, that is a good play. Just uh, do it until you're done and be like, I cu- like I fucked up this semester. I was watching too You could too also many do, after high school, you do a gap year podcast where you're like, I'm doing like Wild starring Reese Witherspoon <laughs> and like other movies and like uh, Into the Wild and all these movies where people just explore and Eat, go on their love. own. Eat, oh, Charlie Countryman. <laughs> but, but Joey, you're going to be on Everybody Wants Some when Cousin Pumpkin and I for next baseball season do our 162 baseball movies. Are you actually doing that? I, I don't have the time. I wish I did. Uh, if I won the lottery, I, I would do it. But uh, anyway. That's such, a, that's such a pathetic dream, but I admire I it. I have pathetic dreams. Um, anyway, after this episode on Friday, we will be talking The Craft with Island Addington and Jenny O'Connell. He's episode 250. That's episode 250. It might be. It might not be because you've tempted me, Joey. Um, okay. And then on uh, the 18th, which is Monday for High School Slumber Party AP, we're talking The Craft Legacy. So wait, you got again a bonus AP this month? Yeah, a bonus AP because it's Halloween. Wow, Makes sense. Brian, the fans want to know what happened to the Black Teen Experience. Uh, Kirkland has been very, very busy for reasons we'll reveal later. But we've been talking about some new episodes. It's coming back, but we work on Kirkland time. So okay, uh, I, I really can't do a Black Teen Experience episode without him. Just, yeah, right. that kind of put it, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Although, you could be like, Kirkland, I'm so sorry, but I have Dawson Black now, and they talk about the wood, and they want to talk about the wood, and so, you know, you're gone. Sorry, man. No, yeah, I'm not going to do that to him, but, you know, he, we're going to, we like to record in bunches, so we're, we'll record another bunch of them, and we'll have a good time, but yeah, the Black Team Experience is awesome, and if you haven't seen The Wood, by the way, or listen to that episode, that is a movie that white people need to see because i feel like only black people have watched the wood i know that's a generalization but that's what even kirkland said so well the day after the craft legacy comes out our next episode joe talladega nights the ballad of ricky bobby and i'm looking at my notes and i almost cannot believe that our guest for some reason once again this fucking guy brian rodriguez back again next week no time off Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, a movie I've never seen. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I don't know that reference. Well, you'll know it by the next episode. And Joey, please don't Scott Eastwood me. I hope I can still make that Talladega Nights episode. Make get Put me in the sequel here. So <laughs> You're flying cross-country back to where Dom Toretto grew up. You are not going... You're going to be closer to 1327 than we've ever been, in, in recording the episodes at least. So, you, of course, you're going to be on there. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for Thanks, all things Brian. Too Fast, Too Forever. You go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast, Too Forever.com and our store, Too Fast, Too Forever.shop. 
Once again, shout out to Lane for joining the Patreon. Thanks, Lane. Stickers in the mail that you will have received months or years ago by the time you get to this episode as you are catching up. And currently in lap three before we hit the Nas and did like 60 episodes one lap. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know. I'm sure he might be like, hey, I'm flying through this. It's like, well, you know, just just wait till the pandemic, baby, because a lot <laughs> lot going on. Check out High School Slumber Party. Come back next week for Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby with the aforementioned Brian Late Night Slumber Party Rodriguez. Oh, shit, it's Brian. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. You going to say it? Oh, oh. Only you and Mike have that privilege, and neither of you ever remember it. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> sorry. And I'm Brian Rodriguez, and I do want to say one more thing. I would like to... <laughs> no, that's not how this works. I, I, I just forgot to do this. I, I would like to give a thank you and a shout out to my wife, Nicole, who... Yes, who good call. ...parked our car at the, in the least Fast and Furious move ever. Parked our car <laughs> so I could make it and do this podcast. So thank you, Nicole. I know you're a huge listener of Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs> I hope she wasn't granny shift and double clutching when she shouldn't, et cetera, et cetera. We'll tell you all about it. Well, See you again.